What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So I want to share something I actually just read. And I thought it was very thought-provoking. It's going to be, you know, a little detailed, so try to hang in there and follow along. But it's basically breaking down what would have happened if the Wilmer, or what could have happened if the Wilmer Flores trade went through. This was a collapsed trade back at the trade deadline in 2015. Some of you might remember it was the trade where Wilmer Flores was playing for the Mets. You know, good third baseman for them. Very good. He was young in his career, just 23. And in the middle of the game, he was told that he was traded. And, uh, you know, he had, you know, been signed by the Mets ever since he was a kid, like 16 years old or whatever. At this point, he was told he was traded. It was very emotional. And then he began to cry, actually. Um, because he learned about this between innings. And he was actually left in the game to hit in the seventh inning. And that was when he found out and, you know, you could see tears on his face and everything. But in a whirlwind span of 15 to 30 minutes, he went from being traded to staying put among, you know, his friends and his teammates because the Mets had backed out of the reportedly agreed-upon trade once they saw medicals for Carlos Gomez's hip. It was a trade that was going to bring Carlos Gomez to the Mets and it was going to send Zach Wheeler and Wilmer Flores to Milwaukee. So that, that was that's basically what set the stage for this. Um, you know, there was some hesitation with Gomez's hip and perhaps even some hesitance over Zach Wheeler, who was still coming back from Tommy John surgery at the time. So the deal, you know, fell fell apart and it didn't happen anymore. And just two days later, Wilmer Flores hit a walk-off home run for the Mets. And it was just like such a storybook occurrence. You know, he pumps his fist, rounds first base, and just pounds the Mets logo on his chest. And, you know, Mets fans just absolutely embraced him. It was a, it was a great moment at City Field because this is a guy who, like, they just got rid of, hometown kid, and then he hits a walk-off home run for them two days later, just two days later. And Flores went out to have a really fine Mets career. I mean, he wasn't met. Up, up through the 2018 season, and he's always going to hold a special place in the hearts of Mets fans. But you know, this kind, this this episode is kind of like a what if, what would have happened if the Mets had gone through with that trade, and what would the ripple effects look like, and it would have radically altered the future of several teams in in a very roundabout way. So let's just take a look at it team by team. So the Mets. So basically, if if this trade had gone through, it's quite possible that. Yoenis Cespedes would have never played a game for them because the Cespedes deal was literally done seconds before the deadline, not even 48 hours after Flores was crying about the trade. I mean, the Cespedes deal occurred literally on the deadline on the 31st, and the, the Flores deal fell apart just less than two days before that. So Cespedes came over from Detroit, it was a trade. Um, Cespedes coming from Detroit. The Mets sent over Michael Fulmer and Luis Sessa. You know, we we know the, both those names to be you know major leaguers at this point, but we'll get to that in a moment. And you know, Cespedes came over to the Mets once they got him. He was an absolute juggernaut for them down the stretch. I mean, he was a stud. He hit two eighty seven with a three thirty seven on base and a six oh four slugging with seventeen bombs. In just 57 games, 17 homers in just 57 games for the Mets down the stretch. And, 
you know, he led them to the postseason. And, you know, they even went to the World Series that year. You know, we remember the 2015 Mets going to the World Series. And, you know, this was this was a, a huge acquisition. And then they would go on in the offseason to actually re-sign him. They, they re-signed him on a on a three-year, $75 million deal. And then, you know, the following year, he would have an amazing year. And then they would he would opt out. They'd give him a bigger deal, four years, 110. But if that Wilmer Flores trade had gone through, it means that the Mets would have got Carlos Gomez on July 30th. Granderson was still good in right field. Lagares was, you know, gold glove in center field. So it, there, there probably wouldn't have really even been a need for Yoenis Cespedes. I mean, Michael Kadire was still on the roster, and Michael Conforto made his big league debut just days before on July 24th. So they, they were kind of set in outfield. And if they added Gomez to that bunch, they probably wouldn't have gone through with that Cespedes trade. I mean, you could argue that there was still room that they could have got Cespedes and put Gomez in center, Cespi in left, and Lagares off the bench with Grandison in right. But there was less urgency. Um, if There would have been less urgency if they had Carlos Gomez on the roster for sure. So who knows what would have happened. You know, without that magical stretch run from Cespi down the stretch – the Mets probably would they even have made the World Series in 2015? I really don't know. And furthermore, you know, um, Cespedes surely would have been traded elsewhere because Detroit was looking to unload him because you know he was going to be a free agent. Uh, you know, where else would they have traded him? It's impossible to say. But now you also have Michael Fulmer who became a Tiger, and if that trade. If that um, trade never happened, if Cespi never came to the Mets and Fulmer stayed with the Mets, you could have put Fulmer in the Mets rotation sometime in the future instead of Zach Wheeler. So there, there's so many things. I mean, you're looking at a rotation that could have been Jacob deGrom, Matt Harvey, Syndergaard, Steven Matz, and Michael Fulmer, which is a talented enough group to build a contending staff. All These are all auto what-ifs, so at some point you have to kind of <laughs> – Stop to wonder what kind of career Fulmer would have had if he had developed in the Mets organization. On to the Tigers. So, yeah, I mentioned Fulmer. I mean, Tigers fans wouldn't have had him. I mean, this dude had a masterful rookie season, uh, rookie of the year. But since then, he's been hurt a lot. He's had an ulnar nerve transposition procedure. He's had Tommy John. He's had knee surgery. Um, yeah. Tigers fans have been a bit frustrated with Fulmer just being hurt a lot over the last few years. Um, but I guess they can only be frustrated with the benefit of hindsight. Um, saying like, oh man, we could have had you know, somebody else. We, we could have we could have had someone else if we never traded for Fulmer. But I, I, I don't really know what would have happened with the, with the Tigers situation. I mean, it's likely that Cespedes would have been traded, like I said. Um, there are a lot of teams looking for outfield upgrades at the deadline. The Astros, the Orioles, Giants, and Pirates were all looking for an outfielder. And um, the Tigers were definitely going to sell. But um, no one really knows what would have happened. Um, would would Dombrowski have ever ended up in Boston? I mean, because Dombrowski became, you know, the Red Sox, um, you know, president of baseball operations shortly after that, you know, after he left the, after he left the, Tigers just a few weeks actually after the trade deadline. So who really knows? On to the Brewers. Josh Hader would not be a Brewer. I mean, in this hypothetical world, 
you were never a brewer, Josh Hader, because Carlos Gomez was traded for Wheeler and Flores. So if you guys gave away Gomez and you got Wheeler and Flores, then Corey Kniebel and Jeremy Jeffress would have been the back of the pen duo because both of those guys were really good. Their peaks overlapped at the same time. That would have been amazing in the bullpen for the Brewers. And the Brewers run to the 2018 NLCS with those three guys, Corey Kniebel, Jeffress, and Hayter. That would have never come to be because Hayter would have been dominating in Houston or elsewhere because, I mean, Hayter was in the Houston organization, depending on whether or not the Astros traded him. So do we do we know whether or not a, a Zach Wheeler fronted rotation could have made up for his absence? We don't know. But it's it's likely that, you know, Josh Hader would not have been a rookie. He would just stay with the Astros organization. And that's what happened. I mean, the ripple effect doesn't even stop there because coming to Milwaukee and that Astros trade did happen where Brett Phillips, Domingo Santana, and Adrian Hauser um, – came over to Milwaukee. Phillips was eventually flipped for Mike Moustakis of the Royals in 2018. So without Phillips being in Milwaukee, who knows whether or not Moustakis would have been acquired via trade or subsequently re-signed to Milwaukee in that winter. Pretty crazy. Domingo Santana's 30 homer season in 2017 doesn't happen, nor do the Brewers eventually trade him for Ben Gamble. Adrian Hauser doesn't show promise of being a late bloomer, a breakout for the 2019 Brewers. I mean, last year he was phenomenal. And the Brewers' 2020 rotation is short another arm in that instance because Wheeler still would have been a free agent if he didn't get an extension. I mean, there are a lot of what-ifs here, but that's, that's the way we're unpacking it. Of course, the Brewers would have still enjoyed Zach Wheeler if he became you know, the pitcher he ended up showing us the last two years. That brings us to the Astros. What about the Astros, you know? The craziest part about this whole butterfly effect is not the fact that Josh Hader might have been the Astros' closer, but it's actually that the other player traded to the Astros alongside Carlos Gomez in exchange for Hader was none other than right-hander Mike Fires. So, remember, Fires was with the Brewers, and he, he went down to the Astros in that Hader trade. I mean, Fires joined the... Houston rotation, he immediately threw a no-hitter in his fourth outing. He made 67 starts for the Strohs over the next two and a half seasons. He ultimately proved to be the whistleblower in the whole sign-stealing scandal that led to the firing of A.J. Hinch and President of Baseball Operations Jeff Lunau. So, just, let's just think about that a little further. I mean, e even at that, even at that, if Hayter had become every bit as dominant in Houston as he did in Milwaukee, let's say he was the Astros' closer, would the Astros then ever have even acquired Roberto Osuna to be their closer? I mean, would since-fired assistant GM Brandon Taubman have ever happened and led to his dismissal? Would the Astros have then basically harassed that Sports Illustrated uh, reporter, calling her report of Brandon Taubman's actions misleading? And completely irresponsible. You know, they were trying to defend Brandon Taubman and accused her of fabricating a story. I mean, th that whole Astro scandal, does that even ever happen? Does that ever happen? It, it's like we're going into this rabbit hole, but it's very interesting to think about because that entire scandal was based on Mike Fires' testimony. If not for Mike Fires' testimony, it would have just been a, you know, another, you know, story, oh, 
he said this, she said that. But because you had a player go on the record to talk about the Astros cheating, Mike Fires was that guy. Would we have found out about this the same way? Would we ever have found out about the Astros cheating? Pretty crazy. And then, you know, the Red Sox, like I said, Dombrowski, a few weeks later, went on to become, you know, president of baseball operations for the Red Sox. And um, who knows what state their front office would have been if he had stayed in Detroit. You know, we do know definitively that without the sign-stealing scandal, Alex Cora would not have been fired as the team's manager. But at this point, there's so many variables. I don't even know if Alex Cora would have been the manager of the Red Sox. So, and then that brings us back to the Mets. Carlos Beltran, he lost the job as the Mets manager because, obviously, of the sign-stealing scandal. Would he have gotten this job in the first place, and then would he have kept his job if that never happened? I mean, it's likely, right? If if he was a manager, that he wouldn't have lost the job without the scandal. Luis Rojas of the Mets, he is a big league manager now. He would be a quality control coach, not a big league manager, if not for that scandal. Pretty crazy. So you can go down a rabbit hole, and you can see just so many different possibilities and and. and look at each roster and talk about what would happen. But it's crazy when you think about that, that July, that July game in 2015, where Wilmer Flores was almost traded, how that thing broke apart and how it completely just had this huge ripple effect all the way through major league baseball. It's pretty remarkable when you think about how so many teams were affected. So many storylines baseball, as we know it today is different because of that trade that fell through. So there's a little thought experiment for you guys. It's going to do it for today. If you enjoyed this, please share with someone who'd be interested, and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.